This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. All right, go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And and the way the Lord's got me teaching this, I don't think I've ever quite done it this way before. But I, I, want, I want you to notice some things because Jesus really wants you to get this tonight if you don't have it. And I'll say this for the ones that have it. Take good notes and listen because this will help you to help somebody else tomorrow. And by tomorrow, I mean the future. There will be people that you love that's in your family or fellow Christians that aren't spirit-filled yet. And there's going to be things the Holy Spirit's going to say tonight for the Word of God. You'll say, oh, wow, I need to share that with so-and-so. And so because you're going to see things tonight, they're going to help you to help somebody else. But especially this is for the ones. Whoa, just, okay, we just popped up something. And we don't want to lose this over sound things. So if I have to, I'll lay the mic down because I want to make sure you get all that we've got. And so I want you to notice the, the title of the book of Acts. You see where it says the Acts of the Apostles? Well, you know that uh, the Word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit into men, but men gave the titles to the books. And so really, that's a deceiving title. It says the Acts of the Apostles, but a more accurate title would be Some Actions of the First Spirit-Filled Believers. Because when you read the book of Acts, and by the way, we're studying the book of Acts right now in our Bible studies. How many are reading the book of Acts with us? Amen. Okay. But anyway... So you see in the book of Acts, it's not just the apostles that's doing those works. It's a lot of everyday believers like you, like me, like Dave over there. Amen. Like Jenny sitting back there. Like Donna back there. Just so many of us in here. I, I am a five-fold minister, so I'm you know, a different category, but I'm a believer. And so when you read the book of Acts, see, I want you to see this tonight. That the book of Acts wasn't just about 11 apostles, the one that they gained uh, after, after Judas killed himself. This is about believers. So the book of Acts is the actions of the first believers recorded in the New Testament. Actions. See, Acts stands for actions. So this is their actions. And so anyway, uh, because, because the Holy Spirit chose to manifest through everyday believers, and through preachers that would let him. Do you know today there's still preachers that he doesn't manifest through because they don't want it? They don't believe in it? But there's a lot of Christians that's been maybe born again, spirit-filled for a year, that God does more through them than preachers have done it all their lives because they're tender before him and they want to be used. So anyway, I want to look at a few things here so we can stay in the direction we're going. I want you to look at verse 4 and verse 5. And Jesus just got through teaching for 40 days, you see in the first few verses. says that being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. And so if we got a subtitle tonight for the Gifts of the Spirit series, it would be the promise of the Father is for all believers. The promise of the Father is for all believers. And you'll see that as we go through this. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. There's a difference between water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to see that very plainly in the Word of God tonight. He said John baptized, remember when John in the River Jordan was baptizing people in the River Jordan? He said he baptized you with water, but he said you're going to be baptized by the Father 
with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so this was Jesus' final instructions to these believers before he was taken up to heaven. This is the last instructions he told these guys what to do. As you see in the first couple verses, he'd been teaching for 40 days. And then he gave final instructions before he went to heaven. He said, now wait for the promise of the Father. Amen. And so, anyway, I said that to say this. Verse 8, part of the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, says you'll receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. So, you know, something I was thinking about today, and I know nobody at our church would be in this category, but there's so many people I know, preachers and other believers, they love the fruit and the power in the Holy Ghost believers' lives. They love our boldness. They love the wisdom of God comes out of us. They love everything about us. But they don't want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They judge us because we speak in tongues, but they love what we got. They don't understand that the speaking in tongues is part of the manifestation of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to say that again. A lot of people, a lot of other Christians, they love the fruit of Holy Ghost believers. Because we're different. We know what to do if depression comes. We know what to do if I don't feel saved comes. We know what to do. We start praying in tongues and get refilled all over again. We got a never ending supply. Uh, Wednesday night's such a short night. Can't go to a lot of other things, but, but just a couple of verses right down in John chapter four. Remember the woman at the well, uh, Jesus told her, said, 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 you'll be drinking living water from the well on the inside of you. And then in John chapter seven, then he said, out of your belly spring rivers of living water. It says this, he spake of the Holy Ghost, which is not, let, not yet given. And so a well of water, you know, I think about my place I got out in Newberry Springs. I got a well, that takes care of one place. But the Mojave River comes through this area here, takes care of a lot of places. Rivers, minister to multitudes, well takes care of your family, takes care of you. And so when believers go from being born again, they've got to measure the spirit it bears witness their spirit they're saved. They got enough to be Christians and live a Christian life. But that's why Holy Ghost believers reach out so much more and do so much more because they got rivers. And that's what Jesus said. Amen? Amen. And so anyway, says they'll receive the power. I want you to look then at verse 13 through 15. And I want you to see something here. It says, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Well, that's what Jesus told them to do. said, go wait. They went to the upper room where both both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and, and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. And so the apostles went up there, but look who else was there. These all continued with one accord, and that means they had one purpose, one thing in mind, to receive the promise of the Father. We'll look at that in a minute, the promise. All continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And so I want you to see, we're talking about the actions of the first believers. 
It wasn't just 12 apostles went up there to wait. It says the women. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Jesus' brothers. And then it says this. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. And so, you know, that's just like our services. They didn't really have an accurate count. said have about 120. And so tonight, I don't know, we have, I don't know how many people's around, but tonight we'll probably have about 100 by the time we get all the youth, the kids, and everybody you can't see. And so it said there's about 120 people that came up there to wait for the promise of the Father. And I'm saying that to say this. Believers have got to know it wasn't just the 12 that got the blessing. There's a lot of the people involved. And, you know, I always think about this. You know, uh, I heard a man that was uh, had a lot of Catholics in his church talk one time. He said, if the Catholics only know that the Mary they prayed to was a tongue talker. <laughs> Jesus, you think about Jesus. He wanted to bless his own mom. And so if there's a promise of more power, more blessing coming, why wouldn't his mother be there on that day? Is that good preaching or what? It's right there in the Bible. And so anyway, many more are listed beside the apostles in the upper room. They were there out of obedience to Jesus. He said, go wait. And uh, you can wait because I'm used to a wireless. I got a little thing up here, so I got to move stuff around. And I don't want to lose your attention while we're doing it. Okay, so they're waiting for the promise of the Father. Get over to chapter 2. And the promise comes, says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They still had one mind, one purpose, one goal. Jesus said, you're going to receive power when you receive the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father. So that's why they're there for. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. What would happen to this house tonight if it filled this place? Wow. Man, I'd like that, wouldn't you? Hey, man, we, we, we want it. We want more. And it says, anyway, and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire and set upon each of them. And, you know, I think about us. I think about manifestations. Been so many things happened since the day of Pentecost. You read church history and even today testimonies. What would happen if the Holy Ghost found it, fell in a room like this and we looked around, we all had fire sitting on top of our heads. We're speaking in tongues. You know, you get a picture of what happened. That's what happened. And I want to say that again. It wasn't just 12 women were there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. About 120 people there got it. So this is not talking about the actions of the apostles. It's talking about the actions of a bunch of believers. Amen. It says, it says this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so, who's this verse talking about? The first tongue talkers? Talk about 120 people. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and women. They were the first tongue talkers. The twelve were there. But they were believers first. Amen. Before they were preachers. I'm a believer every day. But I don't preach every day. But every day I'm a believer. And I praise God for the power of the Holy Ghost in me to help me live out my believer's life. 
and be able to walk in authority and victory in the everyday life. I was ministering to a man yesterday on the telephone, and he's talking about how, you know, hard to feel safe, stuff like that. And I said, I had, I had a great man, man of God in my church on Sunday morning, and I said, I felt about as saved as a dead frog. I felt nothing Sunday. Bishop Julius was here preaching all the way to church. I felt nothing. I felt like man. I'd like to get saved today. This would be a good day to get saved because I didn't feel saved. But you know, because the Holy Ghost in me, I'm able to start praising God and praying in tongues and stir up the gift within me, get myself where I belong. And I was so grateful to come into a spirit-filled church with spirit-filled people, spirit-filled worship. And have a spirit-filled preacher share the word of God. I'll tell you what, by the time I left Sunday morning, I felt real saved. I felt real anointed. But what I tell you is this. Phillies have nothing to do with it. Amen. Phillies have nothing to do with it. But when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's a whole lot easier not to backslide. The Holy Ghost gives you the strength, gives you the power. When somebody wants a tip, you go have a cold one. Or let's go watch this or let's do that. It's a lot easier with the power of the Holy Ghost in you to say, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. Amen. So what I'm telling you is this. You need the Holy Ghost. And you're going to see more about this as we go. So anyway, uh, who's the ones that verse 4 talks about filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues? Who was it? It's about 120 people. Women. Jesus brothers. Married the mother of Jesus. And so anyway, this, this promise is for all believers in all generations. And I want to show you that. Go over to chapter 2, where you're at. And, and look at verse 38. Or let's, let's see. Let's go to verse 14 first. Look at verse 14 through 18. It says, But then Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as you suppose. See, it is but the third hour of the day. That's about nine o'clock. But here's the promise. See, Jesus was talking about the Old Testament. And so the book of the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets is called Joel. And it says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so this is the promise that Jesus told him to wait for. He said, there's a promise made in the Old Testament. And so the book of Joel says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Well, see, that was the beginning of the last days when the church started. Guess where we are? We're at the end of the last days. They got to see Jesus go up. Our generation will see Jesus come back. Amen. Amen. And so that was the beginning of the last days. How do I know that? Because the promise came. And so that's what the prophet Joel said of the last days. And so that started it. But then there's so many things the Word of God tells us about the last of the last days. One of these is 1948, when Israel became a state, become a nation. And lots of other things have happened. Anyway, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon some chosen apostles. No. Upon who? All flesh. That means all human beings. And your sons and your daughters shall never prophesy, but the great apostles, they will. No, I'm telling you, there's modern preachers and modern denominations that think this is just for 12 people back then. And can I tell you something I thought today? 
almost got mad about some modern preachers. I thought, was God that unfair? These people here, back there, they had some persecution. But the days we live in, it's serious all around the world. How unfair God would be, says, you 12 could have it, but now these people, in the years to come, when things really get, he gets turned up, they'll have no power because they can't have it. I appreciate you guys, because some of you need to hear this because you don't have it, and God wants you to get it tonight. If God gave it to them, and then in the Old Testament, the promise said, I'm going to pour it up on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That means it's time for the sons and daughters to start prophesying. Amen. Sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. And we're talking about spiritual visions, spiritual dreams, where some things happen where God manifests from heaven, His plans, His purposes, where people begin to see something, know something, and they're not double-minded about where they should work at, about who they should marry, about who the people are their kids are hanging out with, about what the movies are that their kids are going to go watch, or whatever it is. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we start seeing things and knowing things. Amen. I want you to get this. You, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to get it tonight. It says, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens, I will pour out of those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. The Holy Ghost is for today. The Holy Ghost is for all believers. Now, I want you to look over then. At verse 38 and verse 39, in case there's any doubts, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Let's talk about water baptism. It says, And you shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now look at this. For the promise. We're talking about the promise of the Father. Didn't Jesus say, Wait for the promise? And then Joel tells them what the promise is. He says, For the promise is unto you. And to your children, and to all that are far off, that means Barstow, California, 2019. We can't hardly get any further off in time and distance from Jerusalem till here. Hey, man, to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so this is talking about me and my children and my grandchildren. I've got tongue-talking grandchildren, praise the Lord. Hey, man, they got a hold of the promise. Why did they get a hold of the promise? Because grandpa and grandma did. Because their dad and mom did. Aunts and uncles did. And they're hanging around church people have got it. So they had no resistance. So a lot of my grandchildren have been filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues from a young age. I can could, I could just think of the pitfalls I would have missed in life if I would have been filled with the Holy Ghost when I was young. Amen. I don't have time to go into details but about my young life, but... I did know Jesus in high school, but because of family persecution and parents and everybody else against me in church and everything like that, I lasted about a year. But praise God, it's a miracle. I lasted a year of the atmosphere I was in. But if I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost, nothing would have pulled me back. Amen. As I'm telling you right now, you could have it, and God wants you to. And so anyway, this promise is for us, our children, our grandchildren. And I want to say this for you. If you don't have it yet, this verse right here says it's got your name in it. So this promise is for you sitting at High Desert Word Center on Wednesday night, Doug and Pastor Dave's birthday, 
Happy birthday, boys, that are here tonight. It's, it's, it's for you tonight, sitting in this service over here, and God loves you so much. Even if Edison doesn't love you, God does. He gave you a cool ability to hear the message in. Amen. Amen. So I want you to go over to chapter 10. I want you to go over to chapter 10. I want you to see this. And by the way, chapter 10 is 10 years after the day of Pentecost. It's 10 years later, 10 years down the road when chapter 10 takes place. And uh, just for the sake of time, we'll get to the end of the chapter because we want to get to the bottom line for you to receive help so you can see from the Word of God and have faith to get what God wants you. And so Peter's preached a sermon, the first sermon ever preached to non-Jewish people in the New Testament. Because up to this point in time, the Jews thought that the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ was just for Jews. They didn't know it was for the whole world. So then God got Peter's attention, gave him a vision. And the vision, he saw himself preaching to, Jew, to the Gentiles. And so here he is preaching this first message to the Gentiles. And verse 44 says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And I, I tell you, if the Holy Ghost wants to fall on you tonight that hear the word, Amen, Holy Ghost, fall. Amen. Which heard the word, and they of the circumcision, talk about Jews, which believed were astonished, because for ten years nobody got to hear this message except them. It says, For as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. On the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. How many here were born into the Jewish family? Well, guess what? We're this chapter right here then. We're the Gentiles. We're the non-Jewish people. Amen. And you know what? God's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for us. He'll do it for you. Well, as far as the gift of the Holy Ghost, well, I wonder how they do that they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. How do they know they got filled with the Holy Ghost? Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Speaking in tongues didn't glorify the devil. It says it magnified God. And, you know, does anybody here uh, have a magnifying glass ever looked into a magnifying glass? What does it do? It makes things look bigger than they are. Well, God's not going to look any bigger than what he is, but to you he will. When you magnify God, God gets bigger than your situation. When you magnify God... There's no body, no demon, no situation, no lack, no sickness. It's going to be bigger than God because when God's magnified at your sight, then you know you won. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Isn't that what magnified means? Make something bigger? So if they magnified God, what happened to their eyes? God got bigger to them. He didn't get bigger, but at their sight he did. How many here have ever sometimes... With this weak seasons of life, then because you started coming to church more or something, you got stronger in the faith. Then all of a sudden, then something that was an impossible mountain last month become a molehill this month, and you walked right through it. You know why? Because you allowed God to become bigger in your life. Praise God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, so God get magnified. I want you to notice something here, though, about this. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that they should be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? 
And then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry many days. And so what I want you to notice out of this, that water baptism is not the same as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so these people, and then their, sub, their sub-spirit-filled denominations teach that you've got to be baptized first in the name of Jesus before you get it. Well, they didn't read chapter 10, did they? In chapter 10, they got it, and then they got baptized in water. And so baptized in water isn't the requirement for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is very much a supernatural, spiritual act of God that God has for all believers. How do I know that? Because Peter, that's what you say, verse 38, 39, the promise is for you, for your sons, your daughters, for as many as are far off. And so these believers that knew nothing about anything till Peter preached the gospel to them, they got born again while he was preaching. Then they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And how do we know that? Because they heard them speak with tongues. Amen. And let me just throw something out there. Uh, I, when, I, when I was a freshman, I got born again in the Baptist church, uh, the greatest Baptist church, in my opinion, Indianapolis has ever seen. But anyway, it was a great Baptist church, and they didn't really preach against this, but they never said anything about it. And so I didn't know about it. And so I know that when I was a freshman, I got baptized. They don't call the pastors of the Baptist church pastor, they call them brother. And so Brother Dixon baptized me when I was a freshman. And so... I lasted about a year. Fast forward then. When I was 28 and a half years old, I got born again, started going to a Pentecostal church. And so the Pentecostals, they were big on tongues. They weren't big on teaching the Bible. So they didn't tell me that the baptism of the Holy Ghost was in the Bible. So one night, a bunch of Pentecostals in the church surrounded me and said, it's time for you to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And this is the honest truth. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. I don't need baptized. And we went around and around and around. They said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. They never showed me one verse. And all I said was, Brother Dixon baptized me. They didn't tell me because all I'd ever been taught was baptism was water. You get immersed in water. And so this went on and on and on. And so finally I let him, you know, quit spitting and sputtering. I said, okay, I just gave up. So let him lay hands on me and nothing happened that I could tell. But anyway... A couple of days later in my truck, then it manifested. In my truck, the power of God all of a sudden showed up on me. And man, oh man, I tell you, I was off to the races and I haven't slowed down since. But what I'm saying is this. They never taught me that baptism of the Holy Ghost was a spiritual experience from God where God immersed you in His Spirit. That's all I can say. And so see, I'm saying that for some of you here. Because you're wondering, well, I've been baptized. Uh... Well, so if I come to this church and they put me in water and baptize me, will I start speaking in tongues? No. Well, you might. I don't know. You might. But I'm telling you, it's two different things. These people were baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then they were baptized in water. Did you see that? It's in the Word of God. Okay, go to chapter 19 then. And the Holy Spirit has me painting a picture tonight. To help you to see from the Word of God what He has for you. If you've had any reservations or any doubts, the Word of God's clearing that up tonight. And remember, the promise is unto you and your children and to everybody in Barstow, California in 2019. 
It's for you. And so Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He found some disciples at Ephesus. And by the way, this is 20 years after Pentecost. This is 10 years past chapter 10. Now, this, this is 20 years after the day of Pentecost when Mary, the mother of Jesus, the rest of them got filled. And so it says he found certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And that's how it was in the Baptist church. I come to the Pentecostal church. That's basically what I said to them. I said, I haven't so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. All I know is every Sunday, every Sunday, uh, that made me feel guilty. I want to go up and get saved again every Sunday. Every Sunday they have the altar call. They play just as I am. And Brother Dixon would stand up there. And every head bowed, every eye closed. And he'd say, now they're still out there. We're not going to close this down until you come up here. And man, sometimes they'd sing that stanza for a half hour. And man, half the time I'd be the one to go up there again. And the same people. We just go up there all the time because that's what they preach. They preached all the time. You must be born again. That's a good message. But what happens if you've got a church of already been born again? How many times can you take them down that guilt road and get them up there again? Well, then after you're born again, Jesus said, you must receive the promise. Let's get them filled with the promise. And then they can go get somebody else born again. Because he said, when you see the promise, you've got power to witness. And, you know, I'm not going to talk mean about the Baptist church, but the witness we had was a little card to carry in our pocket. And I'd walk up to Maxine, and I'd say, Excuse me, could I ask you three questions today? Uh, let's see. What would happen if you died tonight? Uh, what would you say to God why you should get into his heaven? <laughs> had to read the card. And man, you're about as dry as a mouthful of cotton in the Mojave Desert in the summertime. <laughs> Amen. But what happens when you receive the promise and you got the power? Uh, what, 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 is that a cough you got? Let me pray for you. Wham! The cough's gone. Uh, well, how, how you doing today, lady at the Walmart? Oh, I, I, I've had this headache all day long. Well, let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. And the power gets him healed. And the first thing they always say is, where do you go to church? Anybody ever experienced that before? It's always, where do you go to church? And, you know, the main answer ought to be is, uh, well, number one, the church didn't heal you. Jesus just did. But, by the way, I go to a good church. You don't tell where you go to church. But the first thing is, not tell them about the church, tell them about Jesus. All right. And so that's that. So anyway, uh, I hadn't as much heard whether it be any Holy Ghost. And so he said to them, unto them, what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. You remember that? That's what Jesus did. That's confessing their deeds. And baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. Remember that? John was baptized in the river Jordan. And he said, I'm not him. There's one coming. And so that's how they were baptized. And when they heard this, they were baptized. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to catch this now because this is going to help you. They were baptized by John. And now here they are, their disciples, because it said he found certain disciples. And so now he baptized them in water. Well, the last bunch of chapter 10, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, began to speak with tongues, and then they got baptized in water after they got the Holy Ghost. So here's these guys here now. And so then they baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it says, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Well, what how did they know the Holy Ghost came on them? says they spake with tongues and prophesied. And so, water baptism has nothing to do with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. First bunch baptized the Holy Ghost after they were water baptized. This bunch then get water baptized, then get baptized the Holy Ghost. And so that really, really, really caused religious heads to spin. They tried to figure that one out because they think the water has something to do with it. It has everything to do with the condition of the heart wanting more God. And so it says the number of the man then was about 12. And so you see again that when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, first thing happened, they began to speak in tongues. And so you don't receive one without the other. You see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you become a tongue talker. And there's so much we have to teach on that. But I want, I want to go to one more place then. And then I want to pray for you. I want you to go to, to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And I want to show you something. We teach on faith all the time. And you know, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. And so Luke chapter 11, I want you to look at verse 9. And this is Jesus telling us about how to receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 9 says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. As so Jesus told us, How many know that every answer you've ever received from God is because you were asking? You were seeking? You were knocking? You were wanting answers to questions in life. You know, God does not force his blessings on anybody. If God forced his blessings on anybody, the whole world would be saved right now. Because he said Jesus dies for the sins of the whole human race. And if God was a dictator, or if he was a, a bully, he'd say, everybody gets saved right now, you have no choice. But he says it's a gift. And so anyway, Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. For everyone that asketh, receives. He that seeketh, findeth. Him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a scorpion, a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And so he said that we as earthly parents are not going to hurt our kids. If our kids ask for something, we're going to bless them. We're not going to give our kid a box of rocks to eat. We're not going to give our kid live scorpions for breakfast. Hey, man, is that what Jesus said? He said, you're not going to do that. He says, if you then being evil, 
Well, that evil there simply means worldly. If you're, as a worldly dad, knoweth how to give good gifts to your children. Now, look at this. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? Them that what? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I showed you a lot of verses tonight that God said through Jesus, number one, he says the promise from the Father to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We saw the book of Acts, chapter 2, chapter 10, chapter 19, and there's other places. But those three specific passages, we saw people, the already believers, born again and loving Jesus, then they got more of what God had in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And says the first thing they did when they got it, they began to speak with other tongues. And so I want to say this tonight. If you've been asking, seeking, knocking, telling Jesus, telling the Father, I know there's more, I want more, I want answers, I need help, Jesus I want to know you better. Jesus, I want to have confidence to witness to people. Jesus, please give me the boldness to talk to that person I work with. Jesus, the next time that person in my family that gives me the rough time about my Christian faith, instead of me just cowering and running, Jesus, give me the boldness to speak up to him. Well, right here you're seeing that the book of Acts, they got the Holy Ghost, they got the boldness. That tongues was part of the package deal. Jesus said, God's not going to just dump it out on you. He said, if you ask for a good gift, and by the way, when those Pentecostals prayed for me, when I left there, I felt like they turned me every which way but loose, man. They really, they overwhelmed me, but they told me nothing. But when I got home, after the next couple of days, all I could say was, Jesus, I don't know what they were talking about, but if it is something from you, I want it, Jesus. I said, Lord, I don't really know. All I know is that Brother Dixon baptized me with the talk about this baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, Jesus, I want it if it's something you have for me. And in my truck, I was a truck driver, and my lunch cart came down. And I got it. But I did ask for it. And so, let's stand. Have we got soft music, Tom? Josh, you got it, Josh. And so I want to say this. Uh, congregation that have it, you know how good it is. You know what it did for you. And so tonight, Jesus is speaking to hearts or he wouldn't have had us preach this. But, you know, it's always up to the people that God's dealing with to respond. He doesn't force anybody. And we can't con you, and I wouldn't want to do that anyway. That's all. I'll just say this. If you're here tonight, and you know that Jesus is speaking to your heart, you've been wanting more of Him, you've been wanting power, you've been wanting boldness, you've been afraid about the tongues or whatever, whatever's held you back, just be very brave, very bold. If you have to, Say, devil, shut up and get away from me. You're not going to hold me back. I'm going to get what God has for me. Amen.
So if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, come on up here. And I'm going to do what Paul did. I'm going to lay hands on you. And just like Paul, as a man of God, laid hands on those believers, says when Paul laid hands on them, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.